see her child today like she was supposed to and she was plenty upset and I thought well that's good that a mother get that upset about not getting to see her child you know if we'd live as zealous for God as we do some other things 
Amen. If we were as zealous about living for God as we are a lot of things, but you know you can take some of those characteristics about yourself, turn them to the good things of life, and gain, gain great ground in serving Jesus. Amen. Do you ever stop to think about some of the sorry characters Jesus chose for disciples? He chose some sorry outfits to be disciples. And you know, Matthew was a smart man and a well-learned man. Bartholomew was a man of great learning and pride. I wonder why Jesus took an old fisherman that just seemed to be always jumping out doing something whether he knew whether he's right or wrong and made him the spokesman for all those smart guys. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. There are some characteristics about people God loves. If we would develop them for God, they could make us great in the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to read from Matthew, the 11th chapter and the 12th verse. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and all the law prophesied on till John. Hallelujah. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Praise God. You may be seated tonight for a while as we speak to you for a few minutes, young people, about this. If you pay close attention to the 13th verse for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. You don't find among the prophets you don't find among the prophets very much force when Elijah was fixing to leave Elisha checking him out he said go on down to Bethel stay there you don't have to run around with me you don't have to do anything I tell you to Somewhat like Brother Elder does. I just preach it. You better do it. 
you want the right results. If you don't, well, you get what you get. And he said, <clears throat> go on down there and leave me alone. But Elisha was smart. He said, no. Because you told me that if I was with you when you left, I was going to get a double portion of your spirit. wonder how many of you want a double portion of God's spirit. You know, the devil will try to run you down the road. <clears throat> Elijah done seven major miracles. And when Elisha had died, he had only done 13 major miracles. So he didn't get the double portion. There he was laying in the tomb. Thirteen major miracles. Didn't make it to fourteen. Everybody said, Oh, Elijah, oh, Elisha didn't make it. One day, some old boys got out there in a fight with some other old boys, and they uh, <clears throat> couldn't get gone fast enough because one of their comrades that got wounded he kept them stranding around finally died they couldn't find nothing but old Elisha's tomb to throw him in now if you think something will make you ride a little faster they throw this old dead boy in Elisha's tomb when this old dead boy hit Elisha's sacred bones God said there ain't enough room for this evilness and this holiness in the same house. And that dead boy jumped up well alive and run out of there. And from the grave, Elisha was hollering at the devil, 14. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I made it. Praise God. Praise God. I wonder how many of you want a double portion tonight. It doesn't come cheap. And it doesn't come easy. It comes by force. And the prophets were not too forceful. Even Micah wasn't too forceful. <laughs> but he was a prophet. They walked up to him, smacked him in the face. And said, which way did the lying prophets go? Oh, my God, this would get you to lose your fellowship card, brother. Grubs, they sure enough take your license away. He said, I've seen that lying spirit in the f enter into 400 false preachers. And false preachers was over there. Now, these weren't other denominations they were the same denomination <laughs> he said that lying spirit got into all 400 of them preachers and they're all of them out there lying and that king smacked old Micah in the face no it was a prophet 
one of those false priests that come up smacked on my K in the face and he said <laughs> where'd that lion spirit go <laughs> he told him where it went and that old false king jumped up and said see there I told you he would never tell you anything that's any good our folks says don't go see brother Ellie. he won't say anything ain't good to you I told you he would say anything good well, Micaiah told that old false king, wicked king, something. He said, I'll tell you one thing. If you come back alive today, God ain't even talked to me. And he's out there. He done disguised himself so they couldn't even find him. You know? <clears throat> he don't even look like a king. He looks like Joe Blow from up the road somewhere. Hallelujah. And they just are fighting all over the place out there trying to find the king. Can't find the king nowhere. But there's one old boy up there. He's an old sinner. He's a heathen. He don't believe in God. But God told him, said, why don't you just take your bow and just shoot an arrow through there and kill something? So he said, I think I will. <laughs> so he just took that old bow and he stretched her out there and let an arrow fly. And the Lord took that old arrow and just sailed it right over there and stuck it right into that king's head. Didn't even have the king's robe on. He looked at his armor bearer and said, get me out of the battle. Time the armor bearer got him out of there, he's dead. Took him down there and took him out of there. And washed out his chariots and the dogs licked up his blood. But until John, just prophets, prophesying, I'll give you a double portion. Uh, you know, if I'm not a prophet, we'll see this day you either come home dead or I'm not a prophet. But when John comes, God had had enough of this stuff. And he was out there shaking his finger in the face of the Sanhedrin and the high religious sect saying, You vipers, you hypocrites, you Pharisees, who hath warned you of the wrath to come. Woo! Now this is different. This is not prophesy I say hey you lean stick you with your face wrong side out whoa, 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 whoa. when I was in the world that meant something That didn't mean we wanted a date. Had a preacher call me up last night, so I'd like to, uh, <clears throat> no, how'd he say that? He said, uh, Brother Elder, I got a date. I said, well, it's all right with me if it's all right with your wife. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah.
Boy, I mean, when you talk to somebody like that in the world, that didn't mean we was going to the movies together. I mean, we're going to see how tall, how short, how fast, how slow you is. And that John the Baptist come out there, you Pharisee, you viper, you snake. He was saying, let's have a little fight. He's saying, let's go to war about this thing. Come on. The prophets were until John. But when John come, he said the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violence going to take it by force. Devil, you've had your fun long enough destroying the household of God. You girls don't listen to me. I'll make every one of you separate on that pew. I watched his all talk while I preached last Tuesday night. I don't care whether it's good or bad. I'll do it anyhow. It's time you young people go out and find something to do for God. Did you hear what the preacher said the other night? One, one old boy, he's a teenage boy, 17 years old, didn't, didn't really want to fight, didn't really have fighting on his mind, just was taking some cheesecakes and things down to his brother down there at the battlefield when he heard this big giant defying his God. And I imagine he stuffed them cheesecakes in his brother's hands in her and said, hurry up and eat these and get down there and get after that dude. You know, I might preach a little bit like I did over Brother Cornwell. Some of you heard me preach this over Brother Cornwell's. You know, <clears throat> when I come home from the army, I don't never remember my brother Tom being around when I come home from the army, was you? Around when I come home on furlough? I don't never remember you being around. I think he's living in Chicago. But Hey, something about army uniform makes girls go crazy. All they see is a uniform. They don't know something's in there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, that something in that uniform ain't always something nice. But by the time I got home, I was in the Army nine months before I got my first furlough. And by the time I got home, I had qualified on the M1. I had qualified on the BAR. I had qualified on 3030. 30. I had qualified on a 3.5 rocket launcher. And I was now a gunner on a 4.2. Hallelujah. 
So I had a few of those little things hanging on this side. You got to be on the army a little while, Brother Carriker, to hang them on this side. <laughs> and uh, be like this guy, you know, that was just getting out of basic training with us, and he put a bunch of those yellow hashes on his suit, and he put some uh, stuff down through here and some down through here. I can't remember what he had over here. We was just getting out of basic training. <laughs> was in the St. Louis Depot and he was walking around with that stuff with an um, a E2 haircut. You boys been in the Army know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> Man, them MPs nabbed him and jerked him off in that office. He found out that if you're going to wear that uniform, you wear it right personating an officer's a crime in the army. Amen. <clears throat> so, uh, but when I come home, I had some medals, you know, hanging down there. I had a cousin come up slapping around on my medals. <clears throat> I won't say any more, but he didn't slap around on my medals anymore. And, uh, and crazy girls, you know, they just because you got a uniform on. And uh, boys, little boys like Jerry, man, you look like a giant. Mm, look at this, army boy, man. How many guys did you kill in the war? You know? And you go home at... Uh, the, uh, the army always goes home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you're sitting around the table, you know, and all the little boys sitting around the table and they can't see nothing but you. Man, this guy, he blowed up 17 tanks and three bridges, you know. And <clears throat> Probably he hasn't even lit the fuse yet, but... <laughs> You know how stories get at the dinner table. And you know, since you got a uniform on, they caught they caught a big politician out in Arizona recently that uh, <clears throat> had been a jet fighter pilot and all kind of stuff. And after they checked out his re records, he hadn't been nothing. Now he's an embarrassed politician. <clears throat> But you know how it is. Pretty soon you killed 17 of them by yourself with one little finger and all that kind of stuff, you know. And I can just see old David's brothers are sitting around the table Christmas time bragging, you know. And man, old David, he just, boy, man, I've got the biggest brothers in the world, man. They can they take on anybody. You know, you know how many you dads could whip the whole world. You don't believe it. You listen to your boy. Uh, my dad whipped three of you guys. <laughs> They're getting dad in better shape all the time, you know. <clears throat> and old 
David sat around and heard all them stories, man, he he believed his brothers could whip anything. He went out there in that field and he he said, boy, I got to practice up. He got him a slingshot and I mean, he got good with that thing, boy. And uh, he said, this, you know, they told me the way they got their start was out here taking care of dad's sheep. This is a serious job. Old bear come out and he got so serious about it, he ripped that bear in two with his bare hands. I don't think I was that tough. That was a tougher neighborhood than I'd come up in. And uh, another time a lion come out, and boy, he ripped that lion to pieces with his bare hands, Joe. Wasn't no teddy bear either. And uh, I can just see him when he comes into camp. And here's that giant down there yelling all this stuff, you know. And he's looking at his brothers, you know. <laughs> my, my brother, buddy, I heard him last Christmas. They'll get him. Come on, brother. Hey, shut up, kid. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you see the size of that dude? <laughs> Come on. But there was some young teenage boy said, Hey, this guy, brother, he ain't making fun of you. And he's not making fun of our other brother. And he's not making fun of me. He's making fun of our God. And he's not going to make fun of our God if I have to take him on. If I have to take him on, I just wonder how many of you young people will go out and find something. Say, well, I don't want to go out and get in a fight. I'm not talking about going out and getting in a fight, fist fight, hair pulling. I hate see females fight. That's the awfulest fight you ever seen. Biting, scratching, kissing, pinching, pulling, jerking. That's the awfulest fight you ever seen in your life. I heard all over just watching. I can't stand to watch it. <clears throat> it's awful. Some folks are looking at me funny. <clears throat> Amen. These two women got in a fight in the middle of the street out in front of my house last summer, and I ain't going to say no more, but it was awful. I would have swore them two women had a bobcat between them. Amen. They wasn't trying to bust each other's lips. They was trying to poke each other's eyes out. Amen. Yeah, with things like razor blades. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> you know, I'm not talking about fighting like that, girls. I don't expect any of our girls to get in any fight like that. I'm not talking about fighting with your hands, boys. I'm talking about fighting with the Holy Ghost. Some of you young people ought to be going out and finding some of these kids that need help. Amen. Some old grandma sitting in the house by herself just wishing some of you young people come by and talk to her and pray for her. 
Amen. Amen. Use in your Holy Ghost. Some of you boys could help an old man across the street and take him home and testify about the goodness of Jesus. The violent take it by force. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You start getting a hold of the spirit that's destroying another person in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Ghost that's in you. Amen. Until John, John says, you religionist sect that are dead on the inside, you're full of dead man's bones. But he said, I'm going to preach to this generation until the fire God fall. He said, I must decrease, but he shall increase. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. He's going to put something on you, inside of you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want all of you young people to turn your Bible to the Songs of Solomon. I'm not preaching a long time tonight. If you plan on me preaching at 10 o'clock night, you're in trouble. Praise God. I want you to turn to the Songs of Solomon, the 6th chapter and the 4th verse. I preach this a lot of times in this church. Folks look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. But, uh, <clears throat> no brother elders lived a couple, two or three days in his life. Praise God. Songs of Solomon, the 6th chapter and the 4th verse, he said, Thou art beautiful, O my love, as Tarza, comely as Jerusalem. Thou art beautiful, O my love, as Tarza, comely as Jerusalem, and terrible as an army with banners. I was kind of surprised Brother and Sister Carrick had come over a few weeks ago. And I don't know who started it. Renee's laughing like she must have started it. And uh, started jerking a bunch of our old pictures out from somewhere. There there was pictures of me in the field with army troops and pictures of me in my army uniform and and I didn't ever tell him in the back of that book I have my insignias pinned in a page and in them insignias is our banners used to wear a patch on my shoulder 2nd Armor Division same armor division Elvis Presley was in Hell on Wheels they meant it they destroy you in no time flat they was well respected and they still are today. <clears throat> I used to carry a, a banner on my insignia called the 8th Infantry. The 8th Infantry is well thought of in the United States Army. It's the 8th Infantry Battalion. It's not the 8th Infantry Division. Been in most of the major skirmishes throughout the wars. 
I carried another in the 82nd Airborne Division. They nail your hide before you think. <clears throat> there was one in the Army. It don't really mean a whole lot to you young people. But if you ever see a bunch of Army troops marching, especially in battle uniform, you will see them carrying a banner. You men been in there know what I'm talking about. That banner goes to war with them, I guess. Still goes to war with you? It went to combat with us. That banner was so proudly thought of among us, it was like the American flag. It would never touch the ground. When we attacked at a hill, the banner and the flag went with us. Amen. There was one called the 7th Bayonet Division. If you think it was not a fearless bunch of men in Korea, they went out and buried themselves in the dirt and let several thousand Chinese march up on top of them. And they rose up out of the dirt with just bayonets and literally skinned those Chinese alive. They were so well thought of among us that the word was, don't mess with that bayonet division, buddy. When you seen those flags furl, there was one flag that was unfurled in front of us. Brother Grubbs, you might have known. It was called the 15th Cav Calvary. The 15th Calvary ran in combat, retreated. And we seen the 15th Calvary flag flying Everybody snickered, everybody laughed. It had the right color, it was yellow. We'd snicker, ah, goes the 15th cow. Nobody wanted in the 15th cow. Bunch of yellow bellies. you're proud to march under that 82nd Airborne Division banner, that 8th Infantry banner. That hell on wheels had lots of respect. Still does. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying certain divisions in the Army the enemy even know when that banner was flying it's going to be bad when morning comes hallelujah did you see what that says that's talking about the church that's talking about Zion said she's comely. You look at us, we look like a bunch of simple people. Bunch of loving people. Come on. 
bunch of wonderful people. But I want to tell you the message and the gospel I preach tonight is flying a terrible banner. Amen. You know these charismatics today are preaching that God is a God of love. But I'll tell you what. I ran across a scripture the other night. Excuse me, and I'm going to show it to this church. Old Testament, New, Te New Testament. How God put it to work. He said, I make alive and I kill. He said, I make alive and I kill. His church is an army with terrible banners. Amen. You get ground up in this thing if you don't do it right. But if you love this thing, you can take it out and it'll conquer strongholds. The devil gets scared when he sees that banner coming. You young people don't have to pick a fight. You can do something to cause a fight. All Daniel, a teenager, did to cause a fight was say, I'm not eating the king's meat. Why? Because of my religion. Somebody try to run your religion down. But why don't they run their own down? Come on. Spend all their time running somebody else's down. Why don't they run their own down? They're trying to tell you yours is no good. Are you going to sit there and take that while they build theirs up? When you know you got the truth. Come on. I said, when you know you got the truth. When you know this banner's terrible. Come on. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to say one more thing and I'm going to close tonight. You know the world, they try to make us feel bad because of our religion. And just because we're earnest about it, you can't do nothing unless you do it in earnest. And just because we're earnest about it, they call it dogmatic. There's a lot of difference between dogmatic and earnest. Nobody wants anybody to be absolute about nothing. Stupid people call themselves educated. I want to tell you something. The sun will absolutely still be in the sky tomorrow. Because God made absolutes. And the stars are still out there tonight, whether you see them or not. Amen. Amen. Now, boys, you ain't no better than them girls. I'll get you too. When I'm preaching, I want you to shut up and listen to me. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, and the 18th verse.
He said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All you young people listening to me, I want you to look at this verse. This verse does not mean we'll get in here in this church and we'll hide from the world and the worldliness of the world and we'll hang on till Jesus comes to stay saved. That's not what this word, this verse means. This verse means hell, watch out. We're coming out of our corner. That's what this verse means. Hell, watch out. We're on the attack. The church does not stay on defense. The church runs on offense. Amen. We're on the attack. We're not hanging on till Jesus comes. Amen. We're not hiding in somewheres to keep our holiness. If holiness is in you, nobody will get it out of you. If it's not in you, it's not in you. There's nobody getting my holiness out of me. I said nobody. No lawyer downtown. No psychiatrist. No prison cell. I made up my mind. I told this to folks in my class Sunday morning, making a decision to die for this gospel is not to come for me. It's already been made. And if holiness is in you, nobody can get it out of you. I don't need nobody out there at the lake this summer to make sure I stay dressed up holy. It's in here. It's right in here. So, well, John did, or Sam did, or George did. I don't care what Sam did, or John did, or George did. It wasn't in Sam, John, or George, but it's in me. Amen. Amen. Some folks looking for an excuse to sin. I said, some folks are looking for an excuse to sin. If you're looking for one, you'll find it. I'm not looking for one. I'm, I got out of sin. I hate sin. I don't want sin around me. I believe the rapture's coming. Hallelujah. That's the reason why I can go out and attack. And I'm not afraid of being destroyed in the attack. Come on. How do you attack, Brother Elder? I carry my home study, my Bible study chart with me. 
You know, some some of you don't believe so much in that search for truth Bible study chart, but I do. You know why? I have a hard time communicating with words. And some of you folks don't think you do, but I listen to you and you don't communicate much with yourself, let alone anybody else. You know that Bible study chart can say things that I just have a hard time. I say the same thing, but it just don't get in their head. I took that Bible study chart out to a man that was mad about this Jesus name baptism. But he told me the other night, I want more and more about it. I want some more stuff on it. I want to see I, if this is real, I want it. But you know what? I put that big old Bible study chart in front of him, big old letters, and were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. This is the only baptism that remits your sins. And then I showed him over here in St. John 5 and 42, I am come in my Father's name. Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. I come in my Father's name too. My Father's name was Elder. Amen. But there's something about my Father I can't say that Jesus said. Jesus looked at them old boys and said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Now, I can't say that. If you've seen me, you didn't see my Father. He's down there in Woodard, Oklahoma. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Ooh, you think they wasn't scratching their head on that one? <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. And I showed it to him right there on that chart. What are you doing, Brother Elder? I'm coming at the devil's kingdom. <laughs> I got me a teenager on the string that reminds me of Sister Paula White, the first time I ever got a hold of her. And it's funny, she's coming out of almost the same neighborhood. And I'm going to fish that little old thing right into the baptistry tank. You watch and see. Hallelujah. No, I'm not going to jump on her about the way she dresses. I'm not telling her she's going to hell. I'm not telling her none of that stuff. I'm just going to let the Word of God show her, boy, you don't want this, you want that. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Brother Massey told me the other day, he said, boy, Brother Elder, he said, I caught that 16-pound striper bass. He said, it took me 20, 25 minutes to get that dude in the boat. Called me up and said, I caught 300 pounds of fish this week. I said, thanks. Quite a buddy. Called me up and tell me you won't win. Hallelujah. Oh, he said, I'll tell you the next time we're going. I said, we'll see. Smallest one I caught was six pounds. The biggest one I caught was 16 pounds. 
boy, I'd like to catch some of those eight and ten pounders. And I sure like some of those sixteens and twenty pounders. Ooh, it's a thrill, isn't it, Brother Butch? I watched Brother Butch in my boat one day. Till I laughed till I about fell out of it. Praying, talking in tongues over that fish. Knuckles white. Oh, glory to God. Biggest fish I ever caught in my life. I knew he wasn't going to catch it. Because that string on my line wasn't big enough to pull that kind of fish in. When it went blam like a 22, Brother Butch lost all the faith in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. You ever get a fish in and you got some discouraging moments. I watched Brother Kirker one night out the river. Boy, he had a big channel cat on that thing. That dude fought all the way across that river up through that swift water and I said, my goodness, I think he's going to get it. And I jumped down there, and I was getting ready to catch it. And boy, he was working him through that swift water, big old dude. I don't know how long he was. He's big. I know he'd go seven, ten pounds easy. Working that catfish up through there. And boy, he's getting that catfish in. Got him up to the bank, and I was getting ready to get him. Blap, he's gone. You think you look bad. Brother Kirker sit down and he goes, Oh no. Did you see that? Man, how could you keep from seeing that? I was I went fishing one day out there at the pond, and I was catching big mouth bass about that long. You know, most folks get happy and they catch big mouth bass about that long. And uh, I had four or five of them on a stringer, and I was just so happy. I mean, you know, wasn't going home beat. When all of a sudden, boy, my line went balloon. Never had one like this in this pond. I couldn't even get it up to the top of the water. I was fighting it, dude. Fighting it, fighting it. Way out in the middle, I was fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. Man, I finally got him turned around, coming at me a little bit. And that dude decided he didn't want to come at me. He went the other way. I was hanging on, and then he took a streak across the pond. And about that time, that rascal somehow never spit that lure out. And that lure come at me like a bullet and I ducked and it stuck in the mud over my head. And I sat down and I said, oh. I went over and picked up that pitiful little stringer fish. I just took them off and throwed them back in. I said,
What are you saying, brother? I'm going to say sometimes in this war, fighting for the kingdom of God, you get discouraged. The big one gets away. But I'm still going after the big one. Because the big one's worth fighting for. Come on. And Jesus said for us to go get them. Amen. The kingdom of God suffered violence. I'd like to work on that for a while, but I don't think I want to take all this time. But I'm going to tell you something. The kingdom of God is suffering violence tonight, young people. They're telling you you don't have to do that to be saved. You don't have to do what your mom and dad tells you to be saved. Did you know they're teaching you to be rebellious? The Bible said that a good son of God honoreth his parents. I have known boys that are full of the Holy Ghost and their moms and dads were sinners didn't even live for God and that boy honored his parents and stayed saved and stayed in the church and lived for God and treated them so well and nice at home when they treated him awful until he won them to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because the Bible said to honor your mother and father. I don't never teach any child, saved or unsaved, to disobey its parents. Amen. Praise God. Because you can't. It's against the word of God. You don't teach rebellion and then turn around and teach obedience. Amen. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God suffered violence. How many of you young people going to go out and take it though by force? If you are, you'll be here Saturday morning to help Brother Greg. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand, young people.